On May the 19th, 2023, the FDA cleared a new, novel biomarker serum test for risk stratification for severe preeclampsia. This clearance is the first given to any blood-based biomarker test for assessing severe preeclampsia risk in women with hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. The company is Thermo Fisher Scientific. But what does this test actually check for? And who qualifies for this test? And what was the clinical investigation that the FDA based its clearance decision on? And most importantly, once we get this result back, what do we do with it? Well, we're going to answer all of these questions in this episode. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practice because medicine moves real fast. This is Clinical Pearls. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. First, an important disclosure. We're going to be discussing the newly FDA-cleared test by a company called Thermo Fisher Scientific. This company is not a sponsor of this podcast, and I do not have any proprietary or other financial interest in that organization or in any of its products. This is not a personal endorsement of this test. Rather, our focus in Clinical Pearls is on medical education describing important aspects of this test for clinical practice. Rates of hypertensive disorders of pregnancy in the U.S. have been increasing, largely due to a greater prevalence of obesity and chronic hypertension. These disorders disproportionately affect certain populations like black women and Hispanic women. Although immediate delivery benefits the mother, neonates born prematurely are at significant risk of both short-term and long-term complications. Unfortunately, the current routine clinical and lab measures that we order by reflex are generally poor predictors of progression. Often, when these measures do become significantly altered, end organ damage has already occurred. Plus, frequent testing, prolonged hospitalizations, and unclear diagnoses cause significant stress to pregnant women. So the investigators that led the clinical trial that resulted in the FDA granting clearance to this test sought to determine if assessing serum biomarkers that were known to be at the center of preeclampsia pathogenesis could somehow help in risk stratification. Now, before we go any further, we have to discuss what these two biomarkers are and what their significance is. I mean, how are they related to the pathogenesis of preeclampsia? Well, these two players are not new onto the scene. They've been studied and reported on for over a decade. Based on the model of preeclampsia as a maternal angiogenic factor imbalance, serum and plasma prognostic assays of soluble FMS-like tyrosine kinase 1 and placental growth factor are commercially available tests that are already in use for risk stratification for severe disease. They just have not been available for us here in the U.S., but they have been available and already employed in Europe. 
So once again, these are nothing new. They're just new to us in the U.S. Because Europe has already endorsed their use for risk stratification in certain populations, but that's based on European data. The U.S. lacked data until recently, and we're going to get into that study here in just a minute. And that study is what the FDA based its clearance upon. So now we have U.S.-based data in our population that shows that this actually can help. These two biomarkers, this soluble FMS-like tyrosine kinase 1 and placental growth factor are frequently abbreviated as FLT1 and PLGF. So you'll see that in print in all of these studies. SFLT1 and PLGF are angiogenic proteins produced by the highly vascular placenta with placental growth factor a member of the VEGF family. In other words, it promotes vascular development and endothelial health. So placental growth factor is good. Now, SFLT1, which is soluble FMS-like tyrosine kinase 1, is another biomarker, but this one works as a soluble decoy receptor to regulate placental vessel development. In other words, it says hold on vessel growth, and it puts that at bay, all right? So you've got placental growth factor that's pro-angiogenic, and then you have one that kind of alters angiogenesis, which is soluble FMS-like tyrosine kinase. So it's the balance between these two that make things work naturally. But due to poor characterized events at initial implantation, the placenta becomes stressed later in pregnancy, and this leads to an excess of soluble FMS-like tyrosine kinase 1, the one that's bad for vessels. This leads to systemic vascular damage and even the classic signs and symptoms of preterm preeclampsia. So the introduction of assays that actually measure this balance of soluble FMS-like tyrosine kinase 1 and PLGF actually has shown some improved outcomes and prognostic tests in European clinics. But remember, that's based on European data, and it wasn't until recently that we had U.S. data. We're going to go over all of this data and all of these studies here in a minute, but remember that this is nothing new. It's just new to us here in the States. In Europe, when these tests are employed, they found a 45 to 55 percent reduction in hospitalizations for suspected preeclampsia, and it's resulted in a multi-million euro reduction in expected annual costs for the UK national health system. There is plenty of data that there is plenty of data that's investigated this. One of this was published in the Lancet in 2019, and I'll give that reference on our reference list. But it's actually showed that this is cost effective. In other words, it's kept women out of the hospital and decreased testing on those that don't need it. And it's actually focused resources on those who actually do need it based on this imbalance of this FLT1 and PLGF ratio. We're going to get into the interpretation of this test a little bit later on in the episode. But remember that it's two biomarkers, and it's not these two tests independently. It's one result of these two things as a ratio. It's the SFLT1 to PLGF ratio that's important, all right? So that remember that the higher the SFLT1 is compared to the PLGF, the higher the risk. Don't worry, we're going to get into all the specifics a little bit later on in the episode. 
episode. But just remember, again, it's a ratio. And the higher the SFLT1 is compared to the PLGF, the worse the condition. All right. So it's a ratio with SFLT1 on top and then PLGF at the bottom. And the higher that number is, the worse the prognosis. As stated in the 2020 publication from the New England Journal of Medicine regarding this trial, quote, PRESIS, which stands for Preeclampsia Risk Assessment, Evaluation of Cutoffs to Improve Stratification, was a multi-center study intended to identify and validate an SFLT1 to PLGF ratio to stratify the short-term risk of developing preeclampsia with severe features in those women who already had been diagnosed with a hypertensive disorder of pregnancy and who were hospitalized in late pregnancy. End quote. So there's a lot in there. Let's go over that very quickly. Again, that was in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2022. And I'll put the reference in our reference list. But PRESIS was the study that the FDA based its clearance of this test upon. PRESIS stands for P-R-A-E-C-I-S. And remember, that's preeclampsia risk assessment, evaluation of cutoffs to improve stratification. PRESIS. This was a multi-center, blinded, prospective study, first identifying an SFLT1 to PLGF ratio value in pregnant women that were hospitalized with a hypertensive disorder that could discriminate between those women likely to develop severe preeclampsia and those who did not. Presis is currently the largest prospective U.S. study to date, looking at these serum markers, and this population studied included 31% black and 16% Hispanic women. In other words, it included those women that were at high risk to develop severe disease here in the U.S. Elizabeth Lamani in 2020 wrote about this test and the purpose of this investigation in her original doctoral dissertation that's available online. As she wrote regarding this trial, quote, improved prognostication will enhance risk gratification in this population of women with hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. This will allow for better allocation of resources. Furthermore, the test will improve our current ability to isolate the pregnant hypertensive population population with angiogenic imbalances paving the way for much-needed, targeted, therapeutic clinical trials, end quote. Now, there's a lot there, and we're going to address exactly what she meant in saying this at the end of the episode. And that's part of our, well, what do we do with this now? What do we do with this result? And we're going to address that. We're going to get back to that statement by Elizabeth Lamani at the end of the episode. I've read that entire dissertation, and it's fantastic. She did a great job discussing the pathogenesis of preeclampsia and these serum biomarkers and the full base of this test in this clinical trial. It's very impressive. And I'll post that citation, that reference and the link to her dissertation in our reference link on our podcast page. All right, podcast family, when we come back, let's talk about the study itself. We still have to cover the who, who this actually studied. We're going to get into the what, what this test actually looks at. And then we're going to get into the what now, what do we do with these results? All that's still coming up in this episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That study, the pre-cis clinical trial, included more than 700 pregnant women at 18 hospitals across the U.S. The investigators prospectively measured that ratio of serum-soluble FMS-like tyrosine kinase 1 to placental growth factor. This was all in pregnant women that were hospitalized between 23 and 35 weeks of gestation. The primary outcome was predicting severe preeclampsia and secondary outcomes including predicting adverse outcomes within two weeks of taking the test. This brings us to the WHO. Who actually was included in this? And we've kind of started that discussion already. But to be eligible for inclusion, patients were all hospitalized and had to have a singleton pregnancy. They had to be greater than 18 years of age and be between 23 weeks and zero days and 34 weeks and six days gestation and already have a diagnosis of a hypertensive disorder of pregnancy as defined by the ACOG. That included chronic hypertension, chronic hypertension plus superimposed preeclampsia, preeclampsia, or gestational hypertension. Now, none of these had severe criteria. Women with multiple gestations were excluded, and women who were receiving intravenous heparin were also excluded due to the effects on SFLT1 levels. After informed consent, women provided a blood sample and were followed for two weeks or until delivery, whichever occurred first. Women who did not deliver within two weeks could be reconsented and re-enrolled, thereby resetting the two-week clock with an updated enrollment blood sample. As Elizabeth Lemani wrote, quote, To obviate any influence on clinical decision-making, the investigators, study staff, patients, and treating clinicians were blinded to the SFLT1 PLGF measurements, which were batch-analyzed after recruitment of the last participant in each cohort. Because test results did not influence clinical decision-making, enrollment in the study posed no risk other than the small risk of local site infection or irritation associated with maternal puncture to the mother, end quote. In other words, nobody knew the results of these tests. They were just drawn and then sent off to the lab, and then researchers looked at them at the end of the study period, but these were not used to actually alter clinical management during the trial. All right, we just covered the who, in other words, who was involved in this study. And then let's just recap what the what is. The what is a ratio of two serum biomarkers, all right? And the primary endpoint of this whole trial, of this whole study, was to see at what level that ratio could serve as a risk stratification and a prognostic factor of who would develop preeclampsia with severe features within two weeks of testing. In other words, who would become clinically positive and who would not, all right? So remember, all of these already had hypertensive disorders of pregnancy, some had preeclampsia without severe features. And so then this test was being used to see who's got a chance of going down the drain in two weeks. But remember, none of the clinicians, none of the patients, none of the staff knew these results. This was just being collected for research purposes. But now we know what happened. Now let's get into that next. Let's get into the, the results because that's really what we're all waiting for here is what do we do with this? and what happened. Well, let's cover that next. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's what the results look like. Between 2019 and 2021, the investigators enrolled over 1,000 women at one of 18 U.S. hospitals with a singleton pregnancy who already had a diagnosis of some hypertensive disorder of pregnancy. The SFLT1-PLGF ratio was proven to have a sensitivity of 94% and a specificity of 75%. In a head-to-head comparison of this test accuracy versus that of standard screening measures like liver function test, CBC, and creatinine, these biomarkers registered an area under the curve of 0.92, while the usual methods clocked in at 0.75. What does that mean? Well, what is this area under the curve business? That means that the test had very good accuracy. This ratio of SFLT1 to PLGF of greater than 40 identified women at high risk of developing severe preeclampsia with a positive predictive value of 65%. That's really impressive. But what does this mean at bedside? I mean, what are we actually looking for with this positive test? Well, we've already stated that, and here's a clinical pearl. Women with this ratio of soluble FMS-like tyrosine kinase 1 to placental growth factor that is at least 40 or more were at high risk of developing some adverse maternal outcome compared to those with a ratio less than 40. And what the numbers look like is that in those women that had that ratio greater than 40, 16% went on to have some adverse maternal condition. We're going to talk about that in just a minute compared to just 2.8 who did not have a ratio of 40. So that's a huge difference. That relative risk is 5.8 with a 95% confidence interval of 2.8 to 12.2, meaning there's really something there. This is a significant find. All right, podcast family, you've heard me say in other episodes, it's not just about being statistically significant, but clinically significant. So which one applies here for this study? The answer is both. These were statistically significant and both clinically significant. And listen to this. This isn't just about prediction of severe preeclampsia. It may also have management implications. In this study, adverse pregnancy outcomes strongly associated with this high ratio included severe hypertension requiring delivery, thrombocytopenia, eclampsia, fetal growth restriction, and even fetal deaths. That's pretty remarkable because that actually validated in vivo what lab bench tests have identified in animal models. In other words, you can actually cause overexpression of SFLT1 in animal models, and it can actually induce preeclampsia-like features in those subjects. That includes things like severe hypertension and cerebral edema and even fetal growth restriction. And listen to this other clinical pearl. 
In that study, many women who delivered within two weeks due to abnormal fetal testing or growth restriction, but without biochemical evidence of maternal end organ damage, were strikingly positive for the ratio test result. In other words, those who had positive SFLT1 to PLGF ratios and then went on to deliver because the baby looked bad or they failed an antepartum test or they had growth restriction, even without evidence of bumps and LFTs or a bump in creatinine uh, without evidence of thrombocytopenia, because they did have that high ratio, they went on to need induction within those two weeks. In other words, that ratio picked up stuff that was happening behind the scene that was not even evident on routine clinical assessment of CBC, LFTs, uh, and creatinine. This means that by finding this ratio abnormality, remember, greater than or equal than 40, might precede end organ damage. So that happens first. So again, it's a risk stratification tool. And we can put more attention on those patients who have this ratio greater than 40 and relax on those who do not have it because of this high positive predictive value and its performance in the area under the curve. All right, podcast family, as we get to the end of this, you may be thinking, um, okay, I get it. There's a ratio out there. If it's at or more than 40, it's bad. Bad things can happen within two weeks. I get that. But what are we supposed to do with that? (laughs) I mean, what do we do with this now when we don't have a way to actually prevent them from getting worse? We know they're going to do it, but there's nothing we can do to stop them right now. I mean, think about it. Those women that are already at high risk of severe preeclampsia or preeclampsia in general, we already place them on low-dose aspirin. We perform antifartum fetal surveillance, and we see them very frequently. But what is the clinical utility of this ratio? I mean, what do we do with this? Well, as it turns out, the clinical utility is actually huge. And let me explain why. It is true. Right now, we don't have any one intervention to prevent them from entering the downward spiral. All we can do is do more aggressive observations, get them to the right place if they're at a remote center, or get them to to the right specialist. So in other words, we can actually triage them as needed before they get sick. All right. So that's one piece of the value. But it's more than that. You see, having this prognostic factor and understanding that it really is this imbalance between these two biomarkers, this opens up the door for new future therapeutics. And actually, as medicine moves fast, these are already being investigated. That SFLT1-PLGF ratio was inversely linked with time to delivery, all right? So the higher the ratio, the shorter the time to deliver. There's already evidence that somehow interrupting that SFLT1 pathway could slow disease progression and prolong pregnancy. It's just not ready for prime time yet. The administration of PLGF as a natural circulating ligand for SFLT1 or drugs that block SFLT1 production have also been shown to reduce blood pressure and prevent maternal end organ damage in experimental animal models of preeclampsia. In early-stage human studies, the therapeutic removal of SFLT1 from maternal circulation has indeed shown promise in delaying disease progression and improving outcomes. 
So, podcast family, now that we're at the end of the episode, maybe this test is the first step forward to a brave new world where we don't just simply risk stratify those patients at high risk of getting severe preeclampsia, but actually can block the pathological process from going forward. Yeah, it is actually possible to do that in experimental models, and those medications and those ligands are being investigated right now. All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. We have summarized the new FDA clearance of a new biomarker test for risk stratification for hypertensive disorders in pregnancy for who will get severe preeclampsia within those ensuing two weeks. As always, we're thankful for you and we're glad that you're part of our podcast community. And we'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.